When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Yeah, we want to do it. We want to go out there. We want to play our best football. We know we're playing a great opponent, but we're going to try to win the game. And, uh, well, I mean, get one for Coach Reed, get one for Kansas City, and then get one for everybody. Uh, you know, you always have it in the back of your mind, and it's. Uh, I was just thinking about it the other day. It's pretty crazy. About a year ago, I was learning to run again, and so it's just how things change in a year, and you know what it could what could happen. It's just uh, this year's been a whirlwind. It's been a great time, though. I just had a great time with this team. Ah, uh, yes, the big game, as we are so often forced to call it in radio, if it's sponsored, but it's not. So it's the Super Bowl, and uh, we welcome in. In Miami now, from Pro Football Focus, the senior analyst at PFF, Steve Palazzolo. What is going on, Steve? How's Miami? Yo, Steve. Do we got you there, buddy? Sorry, I was on mute. Yes. Are we allowed to call it the Super Bowl? We're good? Yeah, no, we're good. We don't have enough sponsors around here to not be able to call it the Super Bowl. So go ahead. (laughs) Perfect. It's, It's great down here. They actually started to feed the media down here. That was a big... Big point of contention. Miami's starting to come around, though, as a Super Bowl site. Okay, very good, very good. It shouldn't be their first try. Like, I saw that there's an, there's an issue with San Francisco and where they were going to practice. Like, you guys didn't have this all figured out beforehand, huh? Yeah, like, this, you know, multiple years of planning that goes into this. And, you know, in Miami, the media is not fed for a couple of days. You know, that, that, that never goes over well. <laughs> no, not so great. Well, we're glad that you have some food now and we can really dive into this. Uh, I, I want to put on hold just a second the the uh, Super Bowl conversation because you guys at PFF released the uh, quarterback annual which is one of those things that I'm refreshing Twitter every day toward the end of the season looking for because it offers a lot of great content for me to write about because there are so many stats that you guys have and it was fascinating to me Steve to see the gains that Kirk Cousins made in so many areas in the detailed numbers but also the fact that it was still the Kirk coaster of the grades game by game look exactly like a roller coaster, which is how they've looked for his entire career. So with Kirk Cousins specifically, was there something to you that in his detailed stats that you guys put out really stuck out? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it was kind of like the flow of those games, right? I mean, you you get ebbs and flows in his career um, or points in his season throughout his career, but those first couple weeks were just terrible and, you know, I thought even like week four against the Bears, I believe it was, where he just 
I, I remember joking that he escaped with a 90 passer rating dis- despite fumbling and, you know, just not really looking all that good. But he did go on a pretty consistent run after that. So I thought that the accuracy um, was solid for Cousins. I thought he did a nice job, um, you know, playing well for the majority of the season for whatever that's worth rather than having uh, more ebbs and flows. It was that, like, week five and on. I mean, there was a lot of really good consistent play. And, you know, this was the first year – uh, it was his highest graded year for us. So I thought mm-hmm. that was, that was really good to see as well. Cause he had normally been the guy where we'd say, yeah, you know, the stats are a little empty. You know, they're not really, um, the truth. And I thought this year was one of the first years where he kind of, you know, played up to some of those numbers that he put up. So the, uh, little mini headline I had in my article breaking down some of the numbers was that his strengths got stronger. Like it, it seemed to me, Steve, like they put him in more positions to succeed this year than he had been since maybe 2016 when he was working with Sean McVay. And Mike Zimmer made it very clear at the end of the year he wanted the Kubiak offense to stay. And so they just hired Gary Kubiak to be the offensive coordinator. I think that they found the perfect mix with Kirk Cousins' skills, pocket quarterback, but can throw outside the pocket when you bootleg him out, throwing the ball 20 yards plus down the field. He has great ratings and and grades when throwing down the field. But there is also this part, Steve, where I hesitate and say, doesn't Kubiak do this for everyone? So, I mean, how much is it? Can we separate, using the numbers, Kirk's talent and what is hard to replace versus what is scheme with Gary Kubiak that you can replace? Yeah, it's great. It's a great question because I did, I did some writing on this from a Shanahan lens this week and just kind of going through the history and um, all the times. Kyle Shanahan has been a play caller. Of course, his scheme, you know, very similar or if not identical to the Kubiak scheme. It's all the same tree and and there's just this consistent history of Shanahan's and Kubiak's you know just making quarterbacks play better essentially essentially getting production out of mid-tier quarterbacks I would say and then when they did get a high-end quarterback Kyle got Matt Ryan in 2016 you know they break the league with with MVP caliber numbers so there's certainly something to this history of their play action heavy scheme and all the things that they do to just create quarterback production I think the best way to always Way that though is with the PFF grade versus whatever you know statistical output you want to compare it to, whether it's adjusted net yards per attempt or mm-hmm. just yeah. yards per attempt or passer rating, whatever it might might be. And Cousins coming into the year had you know four years top ten in passer rating, and only one of those he was a top ten PFF uh, graded quarterback. And that always said, yeah, there's some inflation there. There's some help. There's some Sean McVay's. There's some Deshaun Jacksons helping. I thought this year was a really nice year to kind of mesh both and it's nice to see him in that you know familiar system with the Kubiak who has that consistent success and the ultimate goal no matter what you think of Kirk Cousins or not is to get that passing production right Right. at the end of the day is to create a productive pass game and I think they have the elements to do that so how do you guys figure out and project what he'll do in 2020 it's the same system so you can assume a lot of the same things will work and they'll probably add to it because it's easier to add to a system that everybody knows the terminology and everything else but there's also uh, our old friends in baseball would love to talk about regression and when someone has a career year in quarterback rating and pff grade and everything else if they go from being generally the 14th best quarterback in the league to the fifth for a year can you really count on them to continue that production next season when potentially you know things change maybe injuries or maybe schedule difficulty and things like that no that's a fair question too i mean i think yeah the the thing that we have to isolate from just the overall pff grade is where did it come from and, and focus on the things that are more 
stable year to year. And it is, you know, the non-play action stuff. It's the standard, standard uh, drop back. So not those rollouts. Um, and Cousins did fare well in a lot of those key areas that, uh, you know, will, you know, essentially remain stable from year to year. So that part I think is good. And I think a lot of it just hinges upon uh, the playmaking situation. Do they, tr- um, do they try to, uh, you know, have a better wide receiver three situation, right? Do they try um, to just upgrade all of the situation around him? I think that is the way to kind of mitigate regression is by getting more playmakers and attacking the field with more playmakers. So even if Cousins doesn't play as well next year, if you can make the situation around him even better, then there's a chance you can get to that same production level, which was really good this year. It, it was, Steve, but, but something that comes to mind with me with Kirk Cousins all the time, and I'm looking through these numbers and saying, wow, with some of these stats, uh, they probably should have won a little more. And, and I, I wonder how much... <laughs> I wonder how much value you think the Vikings lose with the fact that Kirk Cousins can't move. He can't escape. He can't make extra plays off schedule. He doesn't throw it downfield into coverage and get those pass interference penalties that Aaron Rodgers is famous for. I mean, how much value do they lose with the fact that he doesn't have that, like, baller mentality? Uh, there's definitely something to it. And, you know, I, there are there are elements to Cousins' game that have always kind of brought that up. I think, you know, we were just talking – um, a few of us talking about just some of the boneheaded plays that he's made. We were just talking about this the other day. Um, randomly under pressure, you know, panics, throws a backwards lateral against the Jets in 2018. Yes. Of yes. course, the famous, you know, I, I pressed the wrong Madden button and I spiked it <laughs> or kneeled instead of spiking, right? I mean, it was yes. just, those kind of instinctual plays aren't there. You know, the complete opposite of that stud quarterback playing this weekend and Patrick Mahomes. So I think that's always a concern, right? It's always going to be a concern if the game flow's not there. Um, and even, even though Cousins made a few nice comebacks this year and all that stuff, it's still not a position you really want to be in with him. So I, I think ultimately he's like a lot of other quarterbacks in that middle tier of quarterbacks where you create this ecosystem around him, try to extract that production, but I'm never going to have this clean answer that, like, hey, just go give it to Kirk. He'll go win the game for you. But that's him and, like, 15 other quarterbacks around the league. So I think it's just knowing what you're getting into in that respect. You know, 2018 had a lot more of those than 2019. And my favorite was a play that went down as, I think, a run. He panicked and turned around and threw it overhand to Latavius Murray, who was like four feet from him. And it, and it was one that, you know, it would, it would never go down as a butt fumble or something because it wasn't a turnover. But Murray is somehow paying attention enough to grab it. If he doesn't grab it, the ball just goes 20 yards backwards and rolls around. It would have been one of the most like mind-blowing, hilarious bloopers ever if Latavius Murray is not somehow ready for that. So you're totally right with those. You never know when there's going to be that, that brain freeze there. Or, as you said, the controller comes unplugged or your little brother grabs it and starts mashing <laughs> buttons that does seem to happen to him um with jimmy garoppolo we i think here in minnesota look at garoppolo and jared goff as being like yeah those guys are kirk-like because their production is bolstered by the coordinator that they have and or the head coach the person calling the plays um how similar or different is jimmy garoppolo from kirk cousins Oh, I think there are a lot of similarities there. I, look, then I, so here's the thing, right? We're supposed to be at PFF, number-driven, and we grade every single player on every play and all that stuff. And then I think you get into that situation where, and again, I was just having this conversation recently, too, about just QB wins, which I'm, you know, I'll get fired if I mention that as a stat, right? <laughs> like, I'm not allowed to discuss that. But I think the same way analytics folks look at, like, draft position in the draft, and they say, if you're drafted number one, 
there's probably a whole lot of you know, other teams that like you, and there's all these other things that kind of roll into, hey, you're the number one draft pick, therefore you're probably more likely to be good. And they use that kind of as a variable. I think QB wins is kind of a variable in this whole thing, where over time, if you know, if Kirk Cousins doesn't beat a whole lot of um, you know, winning teams, or his team doesn't win a whole lot of uh, against a whole lot of winning teams. Maybe there's something to it. I think that would be like the one place where you separate a Garoppolo and a Cousins. Say what you want about the throw for throw production, how it's come about, the system, and all that stuff. Garoppolo has won, even with a bad 2017 49ers team that had what one or two wins or whatever when he took over, and then he, you know they went undefeated. There's something to. Um, you know, him finding a way to win and Cousins maybe not. So if there is a separator, it's not the separator that is maybe analytically sound, but I think there might be a little bit of signal in that whole thing that maybe separates Garoppolo over Cousins. Well, you know what I like quarterback win-loss record is as a starting point to try and figure out why it is what it is. So when we look at Kirk Cousins, the only reason we're here is for teams to win, right? We're not here for them to score 85 PFF grades. We're here for wins and losses. So if you look at Kirk Cousins as a 500 quarterback for a large part of his career, you have to say, all right, was it the defense? Or was it the fact that he wouldn't throw into coverage? Or was it the fact that he had, I don't know what it was for EPA, but they lost like 20 points because he was just bad at running or whatever? You know, like what, what is it about his game that can explain this? And with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it's just the fact that when push comes to shove, the guy will make the throw that he'll, he's got a quick release. And if he's got people coming down on him, he will make that throw into coverage that you need or he'll spot that guy down the field and make that throw. So even if he's not perfect throughout an entire game sometimes you don't have to be it's just they need a big play from you and that's my like with Eli Manning I know that we all fought with each other for 60 days straight or whatever about whether he's a Hall of Famer I don't so much care about that but when he was at his best he would just throw it like double coverage you're not supposed to make that throw but whatever he'll take that shot and a lot of times for quarterback Steve I think that that pays off yeah as you were explaining that and before you mentioned Eli I was thinking Eli. I was thinking, mm-hmm. here's Eli who landed exactly at 500 and did it a completely way, different way from Kirk Cousins. Maybe stuff early in the game didn't go great, and the Giants are more likely to lose, but Eli's going to go down with a fight. And so right. he led a ton of fourth-quarter comebacks. He did that. Um, the other QB win thing, because I always need to try to praise Tom Brady. He needs more praise, you know, from people. But <laughs> QB win, of course, he's got the best win-loss record, all that stuff, but he has it in every situation when he throws the ball 40 times when he throws the ball 50 times which was by design and game plan because he is that good in fourth quarter comebacks he has the best record in every situation when his defense gives up 30 points 20 points whatever it might be so I think Brady has been able to show that he can adjust to the situation he can be a game manager he can chuck it down the field he can do whatever it takes um, to find a way to win so that's where I think you find you know, some information in the win-loss record to go with all the other numbers. And just to get us in even more analytical trouble, uh, if you go oh, through, no. if you go through your PFF grades and look at the top quarterbacks, like how many are just losing all the time? Like the the guys who were really, really good throughout a season. Even Case Keenum, who's not a good quarterback, but for that season, he's a top ten by PFF for 2017. And he won a lot of games. So naturally, if you are up there in in the the way that you're playing as a quarterback, your team is probably winning. So if you have the most connection to winning as a quarterback, I think it's fair to look at what you did and whether your team won. And if you just threw all of the quarterbacks ever into the bins of 500 quarterback, 
650 winning percentage quarterback, 350 winning percentage. How many would come out very similar to how you guys grade them? I think a lot. Oh, yeah, I think especially over time. I mean, even passer rating, a, a flawed stat, I think over time is getting you in the ballpark, right? So flawed stats, are, once you once you increase the sample size, um, it'll, it'll put everybody kind of where they belong. So, um, you know, the fact that Kirk Cousins can't win a game on Monday night, like that's not the story <laughs> no. necessarily. That's, that's eight games, you know, in isolation essentially. But the general concept that over time there is this trend of, say a Stafford or a Cousins, ah, you know, they can't overcome, they can't get over the hump, you know, maybe there is something to that over time. Well, I will not reveal to any of your data scientists at PFF that uh, we had this discussion. Um, j- just uh, <laughs> before I let you go, Steve, because I-, I love having these conversations with you, um, Kansas City, Pat Mahomes, um, I-, I was thinking about this. How many Super Bowls will Patrick Mahomes go to? Like, like Dan Marino was talking this morning about how after he went to one, he felt, you know, everyone thought he'll just go back year after year after year. And with Mahomes, it's sort of that same revolutionary quarterback that we feel like will be in it all the time, but there's no real way to know that. So I, I wonder what you guys think about how sustainable this will be and how often he'll be in this big game. It, it feels like he's going to be there a lot. Yep. And, you know, they're, they were in overtime in the AFC Championship last year. Of course, they make it this year. I do think that the AFC, though, is lined up to be really competitive uh, with Lamar, obviously, with Deshaun Jackson and uh, with a Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. I mean, just a lot of the quarterback situations there, I think, are going to make it competitive. So even if Mahomes is great, you know, it's going to be a tough road all the, all the time. But I do expect a lot, and I'm sure – People were saying that back in 84 with Marino. He'll be back, you know, he'll Mm -hmm, be back. And, uh, you know, it didn't always work out that way. A couple AFC championship losses and all that fun stuff. But I think if you have Mahomes and Reed matched together for the next X amount of years, I think you'll see them back in the Super Bowl quite a few times. Well, Steve, this was awesome. Uh, The PFF NFL show is your podcast, which is great with you and Sam Monson, who's going to come up in like 10 minutes also. So we have a a real PFF day here. And uh, I also wanted to give you my condolences for not getting the Houston Texans GM job. I know you were hanging out for that. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, I did want it. I did want it, even though they don't have the draft pick. But uh, I'm sure Bill O'Brien will do a great job. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Uh, okay, Steve, great stuff. Follow him on Twitter, PFF Steve Palazzolo. And uh, we'll catch up with you again soon, man. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, Steve Palazzolo, one of my favorite guys. The PFF NFL show is great, um, and the PFF annual is super fun. And I looked through all the stats last night, and, I mean, literally there's like a 100 different statistical categories that – since you don't want to pour through them, I did for you and uh, got all the takeaways. And it really is something with Kirk Cousins that every stat, almost to a T, he was great in 2019. Not just pretty good, but one of the best. I mean, whether you're talking about his accuracy or how he was even on third downs, a big, big difference on third downs from last year to this year, he went from 22nd, I'll find it, 22nd or 23rd in 2018 on third down to the seventh highest graded quarterback on third down, which you would think if you put up numbers like this, where you're the fifth highest graded quarterback and you're seventh best on third down, so it's not even just empty stats or you're playing from behind and completing a lot of easy passes, that they would have just won some of those big games. And then when you look at his game-to-game 
It's just a roller coaster, and it's the only way you can describe it is it goes up, it goes way down. His week two game out of 100 on the PFF scale was a 25. And he had games of 93, 92. Those were the ones where they were playing all the bad teams, the Lions and and Philadelphia and the Giants, and just lighting them up in that month of October. But then after that, opponents started to slow him down a little bit, and he had a few more poor games, and it culminated with the final game of the year, which was one of his worst, his second worst, against Green Bay again at the end of the season. And it's such a conundrum when you think about signing Cousins to a contract extension. I got an email from a listener yesterday who was just going in on Cousins. You know, he can't win the big games, he won't run, and you're just going to lose with him, and signing him to extension is a death knell for the franchise, and all these things. And, you know, I want to come back and be like, gosh, but look at these numbers. They're not super easy to replace somebody who has this great of accuracy. Cousins was an elitely accurate passer, one of the best in the NFL, fourth in accuracy percentage. 63% of his passes were with like perfect accuracy by PFF and, and the way that they track things. And they have a former NFL quarterback who does all the tracking. So it's not, it's not just Steve or somebody off the street, because that's always a question I get is, well, who's actually doing it? Well, it's a former NFL quarterback who's going through it and uh, is doing all the tracking on this stuff. And so 63% of his passes are perfectly accurate, fourth best in the league. That is hard to replace. One of the best deep passers in the NFL, 132 quarterback rating on go routes, 119 quarterback rating when throwing it more than 20 yards. And yet, Vikings fans still feel very empty about his season, and I don't blame you at all. And on the regression point, when you go back and look at Jimmy Garoppolo, and here would be the difference, Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, if you're looking at this year. Because Jimmy is rated still in the ballpark of Kirk. Kirk is a little bit higher by a lot of the PFF numbers. But when you go through it, and he beat Green Bay, and put up 253 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, in Week 12, demolished Green Bay, played great. When he put up 349 yards, four touchdowns, against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans... And then even against Seattle in the last game of the year, Jimmy Garoppolo comes out and goes 18 for 22 with 285 yards, and they win that game. And against the Rams, he threw two picks, but he also came up with the game-winning pass, a a deep bomb that set them up to win 34-31. So when he played against good teams, he was very often not intimidated. When he played against good defenses, he found ways to still have very good games. And that's something that we just did not see a whole lot from Cousins. And I think it's a great point from Steve is, well, at at how many of those games against winning teams, against good defenses, at what point would we say, yeah, that's going to be the problem every year with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? So everything is sort of tying into, do you sign Cousins to a contract extension? I think if we were gambling on it right now, that the Vikings front office would look at all these other numbers and say, we just need a few other pieces in a few other places for him to be Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm not sure just because neither one of them runs that it's, and both of them have great coaches and great systems and a similar system. I don't think just because of that, that you can look at it and say, oh no, they're kind of the exact same quarterback. And Jared Goff, in the same way, they're not really the exact same quarterback. They just have that particular similarity. I think Goff is actually closer to Garoppolo, or I'm sorry, to Cousins than Garoppolo is 
to Cousins, if that makes sense. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have more PFF conversation, this time with Steve Palazzolo's podcast partner, Sam Monson, and just the... Really appreciate PFF setting us up with all their people from Miami. I know they're down there that they're doing the Radio Row thing and everything else. But throughout the season, we've just had a great relationship with them, getting on weekly guests and stuff. So they were extremely generous. So we will discuss more uh, Kirk Cousins quarterback annuals, Super Bowl, and on and on and on with Sam Monson. When we return, you're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.